Last time on the culture. I hear, you know, mid 80s, grew up in the 90s, you know, rougher times, a very different New York. And uh, it's part of the building block that made me who I am today. So, you want to leave the force? Once I, once I win the election, I'm going to leave the force. Nice. I mean, just with that, you sending a chill through me. Um, you know, it definitely is a law outcome. And, you know, all praise to the law and the most merciful. So the only person you fear should be is God or the spirits or the ancestors. You know, whatever you believe in to the highest power. Um, I feel good hearing you say that. Um, I see that. I see your vision. Um, I'm glad because within our culture of people, we don't have no more leaders. Because um, we're always trying to tear down. So, seeing what you're doing and knowing that you're only human and you're willing to sacrifice it all, that's the most beautiful thing. You're working, huh? Yeah. You know I mean? These kids walking out here, they all work. And, and that's real. You know what I mean? Like, the way I see it is. Sacrifices were made for me to even be here. And one thing my dad taught me, he said, whenever you're in a position to help someone, saying no is not an option. Because the fact that you've been blessed to be in that position is so you can help them. You know what I mean? So this is just a, a, a bigger version. You know, it's crazy because me and you were chopping it up, and you didn't say that. And your father's saying that. And then I know you've had officers call you and saying, yo, listen, if I'd have knew, I'd have pulled your collar and say, don't do that. You build yourself up in the ranks, then do that. And that's what I'm talking about when I say, I consider those officers bad as shit. Because who can wait? Because then, if your child can be the next George Floyd, like we, it's like a show back in the 90s, early 2000s, Family Man. It was Carl Winslow had a son, Eddie Winslow. I know it's TV, but... He was an officer, and he showed they showed racism because his son got pulled over for no reason, got mm. thrown on the ground, harassed. And then when he stepped to the officers, he said, "So what?" That's our imitating life, man. That that definitely is our imitating life, and um, it's going to continue until we have more political figures that are real, honestly, political figures, and not in there because they're in there with the corruption, taking the back door, the envelope. Um, well, one of the things I want to do, I want to provide a safe haven for whistleblowers. Mm. Because if, if, if more officers talk that they can land softly, we'll, we'll have a lot more people speak out. Um, three years ago, all the officers that were always telling me, I'm proud of you, thanks for speaking out, you speak to me. I said, Yo, what's your shirt size? Are you off on this day? Can you meet me at the Brooklyn Bay? I want to show support. Yes, I heard you made a big yeah. impact on me. And um, about a, I was able to confirm about 150 cops. 88 of them showed up, including Frank Serpico, who you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. He's 70, 80, 83 years old. And, and um, 
at the Brooklyn Bridge, me, Frank Serbico, and 88 cops behind us, we stood there to show that Conley has support. And I'll tell you, some of those officers, when they went, when they went back to the precinct, the units, special units they were in, they got kicked out. You know what I mean? People, like, you know, some of them got changed their toys. They started getting retaliation. And I felt, I felt guilty that I couldn't protect them. And some of them, you know, they were pissed off, but others, they were like, yo, you apologize? He was like, yo, I'll forever be able to tell my son that I was there. I call that other shit. But they knew they was getting into it. No, I mean, some some of them didn't take it. Some of them, they just thought they were going to take it serious. Nah. Some of them was naive and think they got yeah. protection. Exactly. Because he's offering them to come and yeah. Or they just think it's like backlash. That, yeah, they didn't yeah. think about it. But mm. the thing is, that to me was a microcosm of the truth, which is a lot more officers don't necessarily agree. But when it's paying the bills, you know what I mean? I know. Yeah, that's know. where the problem. No, I mean, yeah. no, 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 I don't. Listen, I'm more so of. Uh, Keeping my um my principles and morals and keeping the money. The money has no value. Principles and morals has more value than the dollar because if I stand on that, if you eat, I eat. What I want for myself, I want for you. You understand what I'm saying? So if I have something, why not share with my brother that has the common likeliness as me, the common goal? But like I said, you know, you have a lot of people that don't focus or envision that it can come to their household. You're doing this for a dollar. Yeah, you're paying your bills, but when it lands at your front door because of your daughter or your son or your niece or nephew, your loved one, what's the what's the reaction now? That's why I go back into my saying, you're a bag of shit. <laughs> I get it. You, I know you get it. I mean, you know, and I, I say that's a lot for better words, but let's be real. Let's be honest. If you're going to allow continue this to happen, it's, it's sooner or later it's going to come right to you. Some, I mean, at times also, it's just for power. Yeah. Nothing I can do about it. This is how it is. You know what I mean? And that, again, so a lot of officers were like, yo, hey, don't do it. You're crazy. You're smart. You passed the test. Just do what you got to do and get promoted. And when you're a sergeant, you're not going to have to deal with the quota. I said, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to deal with it because they're going to expect me to tell officers to get the quota. Like, nah, I don't. It is what it is. Man. I'm gonna deal with this right now. It is what it is. I'm tired of this. I gotta let the people know this is what's going on. Hopefully, they'll take the information and do what they gotta do with it. You know. So we know it in um, New York City, the budget is around five billion, right? Six, five, six billion, depends on which year you're talking about. It grows almost a billion every year. Right. Yes. Right now, it's about six. Right. When you look at this, right? I was reading about police brutality bonds. Did you ever hear about that? Where they actually get a certain budget for each police precinct, but but due to the police brutality, they outrun the budget, and these banks pay for that. So they actually pay for the brutality of a lot of colored people. Basically, and they get rich. Yeah, Yeah. well, New York we don't have that system, but I can see other smaller Chicago had it. Well, Chicago had a decent academy also. That's a little shocking. It's comparable to New York. Yeah, but New York has 36,000 dollars. You know what I mean? But it has the money for it. Um, New York, LA. Yeah. Well, Chicago's number two, LA's three. Yeah. In terms of the amount of offices. Um, that doesn't exist in New York, but that's very interesting. You're paying for your own oppression. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me ask this. T- talk to me about some numbers like how much crime is going on? 
how much do you Actual see and don't crime. see? Because we look at movies all days and shows. I'm sure cops is not telling us the real thing. What do you actually subjugate yourself to out here as a police officer? Um, this year, there has been a increase in certain parts. Um, I mean, I'm out in that side now. And, I mean, they showed me luck. You know, at first, it took a while, but once they look, look they see how, how I function. So they're like, all right, this dude is different. Like, I'll go do pull up. Which, which precinct? Tompkins or Ralph? Uh, Ralph. Okay. So, um, but, you know, I'm watching the numbers. I'm watching what's happening with the shoes. Things, things, are, things are rough right now, man. You know, things are rough right now. It's, it's like this. So it's not all fluff? No, no. I wish I wish I could say it was. It's not, man. It's not. And do they offer lieutenants and police officers, um, do they offer them help dealing with this trauma? That's something that they're trying to usher in now. Really? Because last year, we had 16 officers commit suicide. I think 10 active. That's unheard of, you know, um, and it is a lot. I see a lot like that. That one year old baby that was killed on um, Moreau, yeah, in Madison. Yeah, I was, I was in charge of that funeral, man. And before it opened up to the community, I went into the, the funeral home. I never seen a casket so small, man. He killed me. Man. I actually saw the footage, the surveillance footage, mm -hmm. you know, the camera. Mm -hmm. He was just just shooting. Yeah, right in your funeral. So recognize you. You right though. I went to a baby funeral. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like it's like a dog. Yeah. And then you know, I've seen some things. You know, I see somebody kill someone, want the body to get and burn it, but he underestimated how hot the fire had to be, so it was partially burned. And then, <laughs> not to laugh, but uh, it's yeah, like he's not laughing. At I'm that, not man. laughing at that, but uh, you damn like, fool, you know. It's like you damn fool. That's how we got him because the smoke. He did it in the basement of the building. And the smoke engulfed the building, and then a woman. So then he ran and opened up the roof to let the smoke out. One of the one of the tenants was like, "What's going on? It's the super the building." He was burning it in the generator. Yeah, that's how he had access. He was the super. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I've seen some things. The world's dumbest criminal. Yeah, I've seen that moment when the light leaves the person. Unbelievable. Watch that when the moment when that spirit leaves. Yeah, I don't, I've experienced that. I've experienced that with um my one of my siblings and my father. So um, um it's nothing, you know. And, and I tell people this: it's nothing to be sorry about. And just my mind state of mourning because life has to come to an end. It's the impact that you leave and, and, and the legacy. So. Um, I witnessed my father take his last step. I had to tell him, it's okay. We're going to be all right. Because he fought. And then once I said that, he relaxed. And I watched him. Um, I had a little brother, Jarrell Joseph Lynn. He had to be like six years old. Um, it was six. Sudden trip death. Um, and he died. I held him. So, um, some people see the concept of death different. Um, and in the United States of America, we don't get to experience the true feeling of death like other countries. And what I mean by that, they'll show it. You'll see a depiction of yeah, it. You'll see like little censorship. Yeah, no censorship. Um, so, you know, I know that's rough for some people. Some people would take it lightly. You know, like I would probably take it lightly. Like, not to be disrespectful, but on the sense of, all right. It's more so of the highlight. 
that's yeah, that's a better because yeah. I, I mean sometimes it's an elderly person that doesn't wake up you know and as a supervisor i gotta go to the scene check out the scene check out the scene make sure it's going foul play not a good that's the way i want to go yeah that's the way that's i want to go lay down and never wake up again. You know, that's the way well, i want to go i want to go coming yeah. <laughs> i mean that's for a walk you <laughs> traumatize that woman <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. I mean, I, I bring humor. That's so Louis, I like everything we do. So, so like, you know, to, to see fifteen year old, a twenty five year old, you know, weeping that thick life blood, you know, that thick blood, and you just stab and shot. And you know, it got to a point where I could just, I could decipher the screen, but depending on the screen, I can tell the mom, sister, the baby mom. That's how much I've seen. So it's something like PTSD. Yeah, everybody did. Everybody has it. Whether you realize it or not, it affects people differently. Granted, I come from a rough area, so death wasn't new. But having a, having a responsibility is one thing. Say good morning, love. Love you, Good morning. Good morning. So, um, yeah, I mean, when you're responsible for securing the crime scene or, or, or notifying the parent, it's, it's different, you know, because you know their reaction. I have this one 18 year old that is sleeping, 18, and his father, you know, all blocked. We thought he was police brutality. Like three blocks came out thinking that we were doing something. The way he, the way he, the way he was Wow. So, so he, he took it off. Because you always hear the stereotypes is the blue uniform cops never come when something happens. They always come after the fact. How much of that is true? Um, it's not always. So I wouldn't say it's true. It's times you, you, you turn the corner, something's going on. And it's times when you got to wait for the normal world. Depends on how many officers. So, but I've seen. I was in a notorious projects in New York City. And some shooting shot out, and the officer ran. I mean, I mean that, that goes down. That's too. natural. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. And it was two of them. You got this, and he got this. I mean, Bobby would try to run. That happens up too. You know what I mean? But, no, I mean he ran. Right. Like everybody else was running, and I, said, I, don't know, I ain't gonna lie to you. I turned around and was like, "Hold on, you got why are you running?" <laughs> One of the shows I watched is the first forty-eight, and you always see the homicide detective show up after. Back. A lot of the cops on the show. Well, the homicide is the order No, the homicide ones. But is it the lack of a community effort between the cops and, and the community? That's, that's part of it. That's that. probably they always come there a lot after the incidents. Yeah, but again, or do they really care? Sometimes they don't. A lot of times they don't. But it's not even the stats. Like, like right now, there's no cop on this block. It's supposed to go down the coast. Now, I didn't think I see one, and we've yeah. been out here for at least an hour and a half. Yeah. So it's and it's a precinct around the corner. Yeah, they're coming. They're coming? Yeah. yeah. You know the time. <laughs> that is how they're coming. Right now, they're not here. <laughs> but if something was to go down right now, yeah, I mean, they're rolling around somewhere. You can't be everywhere. No, you can't be everywhere. But we did not see that one patrol, and it's a precinct around the corner. So let's deal with the stereotypes. How much is non-snitching an effect on police doing their job and actually policing these communities? You talking about the communities, the community? Yeah, the community has got oh, no snitching. Well, well, it's it's a it's a section of the community that have no snitching. I mean, I say, you know. but it's not it's not the, the community 
if you're a law-abiding citizen, it's not snitching, it's telling. And but, it's okay nowadays, to tell because they're a law-abiding citizen. Nowadays, and they're civilians. Here we go. You're right. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. But what I'm saying is this, right? With the no snitching thing, the civilians also be getting a lot of the backlash too, even though being regular civilians. Listen, all I can say to that is informants have always existed and they've always always. Oh, <laughs> nah, okay, get in. Yeah, get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, is it a deterrent to our community? Does it help our community if it don't help it at well, all? Well, I know I did studies and I know it's a very big deterrent in New Orleans. Because they don't tell, so they can catch a murder, sit up for six months, and come home. But once they don't have the witnesses or the gun or whatever, that's the that Let's be honest. You know, that's, 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 that's real. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Somebody life snuffed out. It hurts. Especially crossfires. And well, that is specific. Ooh. Well, I mean, you don't want anybody to get killed. Right? Majority of people, in some way, have been involved in a lifestyle yes. where it goes to happen. Mm-hmm. I like that. You see the, the, the honesty of saying that. That's why I said a civilian that's getting up, going to work. They say that's telling. That's not snitching because they're not involved. Mm-hmm. They just want to go home, go to work, deal with their kids, keep it moving. Now you go deep. You go a little deeper though. Like, I want it to a point where we're not even like that lifestyle that leads to that. It doesn't even lead to really is a minimum. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what we got to get to that point. Do you think? You really think the ops is that cat that looks like you down the block? You think that's the ops? <laughs> you don't know what the ops are. No, no, you no, think no, that's the ops. That's, what the, that's <laughs> real. Yeah, that's right. That's real. That's yeah, somebody inside. Like, <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like, say that again. You think the ops is your own reflection? So, mm. so um, elaborate a little more on that because I mean, you know, you you saying something, and we don't want to take it too loosely. I get it now. Listen, let's get to the point. There's an entire system right, that creates inequality. And in some way or another, for the most part, that's what we're responding to. That's the, the abnormalities that get produced from that inequality is what causes what they call internalized oppression that makes you see your neighbor as your enemy when y'all all struggle. You know what I mean? So the real, the real, the real objective is to change that system. But we don't. We can't even. We don't even know there's a system going on. All we know is, um, actually, when we when we tend to be awakened, or how do you say, become awoke, we see it. Like, um, prime example. I was talking to an elderly um, Caucasian, and he was telling me his background. His dad is Irish, he's Scottish, his mom's Italian, and you know, in the midst of the conversation, good man, he said. Um, your people are so kind. Why do they treat y'all like that? And at one point, I caught myself that I was gonna get offended, but then I, I, I didn't, I couldn't be offended because I had to turn around and tell them they're so kind to you that they look at you as the enemy, but you're the real enemy. Not seeing him per se, but what you're doing, what you have done, what you set up. Me, I didn't set up none of this, but when I come in, they don't trust me. They all just have to talk nice to you, but that's a mentality of the slave. It's still embedded. Um, tradition. Tradition. Ain't condition. Condition, but it's, it, 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 but it leads from tradition. Um, you believe it or not, it's constantly somewhat beat into you. Um, we're already put into the system, even as kids. 
you know, when you go to school, the way you walk, even when you stand at attention or at ease, when you're talking to somebody that you feel has um, superiority, you put your hands behind your back. And it's just a natural thing. It's, it's somewhat in your mind. If you notice when you, when you speak, and just watch how you speak to hey, children. Let's elaborate on that. How should I conduct myself with the police? So I think it's the main question that a lot of people want to hear. You're a young black man on the block. You feel like you're getting harassed by the police. Go to the precinct, complain, falls on deaf ears. Is there another outlet? Is there another source that we could go to? How do we approach these things now today in 2020? Honestly, man, you put the pressure on the mayor, and you get the top guy. You gotta put the pressure on the mayor. That's how you get the chance. Because you're a constructive commissioner, and it'll, it'll eventually keep you back. I wish more people knew that. Well, shouting out to the mayor. Yeah. Shouting out to you now. Because we gonna go forward with to become mayor, technically they have the power. Like think about uh, coming to America at the end when they're going back to Africa and they basically told you know Eddie Murphy's character that it's an arranged marriage and nothing you can do. Right. The queen and the king they're in the limo, and you can see that they don't see eye to eye. And uh, the king's like, yo, but this always been this way. Who am I to choose? And the wife said. You're the king. You're supposed to be the king. <laughs> king. Yeah. You can do this with a sweeping hand. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. So it's the same concept. They have to take the power. 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 Take the and how, you know, you may be a young man that caught a felony but trying to straighten out your life. How when they still pull you over, look up your record, they may still entertain that. They stay milk because they got to make folders and stuff. It's just, well, let me interject on that because they, you can be arrested and um, charges can be dropped. And they'll still look at that as a record. That is what they call your MO. Okay. So, um, and a lot of young men of color or young women of color, let's not exclude them as well. It's a lot done. Um, learn about expunging your record. Learn about it. Please, that's important. Um, it's gonna cost you a few dollars. Everything costs you a few dollars in the system. It's somewhat how they call a fraternity. Uh, let's get this money in a communal and economic. You need to learn these things. But expunge your record. That's the first thing you should do when you come home. Try to do that. Take care of that and get your second chance at life. Um, but no, actually, you being in the uniform, do you believe that we ever had a chance? You know the system. You're fighting against the system. As as is right now, no. But do I believe the right adjustments, the right changes can come? Yeah, I do. And I, I don't know if I would have believed that if I wasn't in. You know, because I would have been cynical like most people. It's always been this way, this is how it was designed. But when you're in, there's certain things that you see. And this is part of the reason why I'm going to try to keep pushing this time for City Hall. You know I mean? City Council breaks up into different committees, and the public safety chairperson deals directly with the department. And that's my objective to keep that position. If I wasn't in the job with, with, that, with that inside eye, I probably would have been right now. And whoever believes that is public. But with what I've witnessed in the last 12 years, it, it can be done. It's not easy, 
you need all the pieces to align you, the right people. There's a lot of things, like the perfect storm has to come, but it can, it can be done. Yeah. So you can never think about it, man. Like being Haitian, like that, that, yo, know, to defeat Napoleon's army, like yeah. that was supposed to be impossible. You know what I mean? And just to get this clear, because there's a lot of um, misnomers about Haitians. I'm American, and I know the history of Haitians. Don't be that ignorant. You know what I'm saying? There was a time where Florida called on Haiti for Haitians to come over there to support them back in our time because they fought the French to a stalemate. So please don't be oblivious to this history. They was one of the first liberated people of their time. So that's very important. So maybe this is where his brother get his strength, but I know he changed my perception on police. <laughs> I know I that. Ain't sure, I ain't, if I ain't he didn't sure change you. yours, I ain't sure you. I ain't he sure changed you. mine. He humanized them and, and you know, they are us in, in, in one sense, and it's good to hear from a person that is directly new Kirk, that's directly in his community of which he was born. So I always say when I was younger, I used to always see the sanitation man live on my block. The police officer live on my block. The military man, he walked down a block with change in his pocket. I'm almost 40. You know what I'm saying? So I used to see that until they started moving like Al said. You know what I'm saying? But we got them coming back now. So... What, what we also need to say is that when the going got tough, we didn't run. Still here, still in Flatbush. Now looking to represent, you know, Flatbush and City Hall, but the city overall. You know, maybe it's, I got a vote on, on things that affect everyone. I got a right legislation that affects everyone. One that he said voting, y'all, because that's coming soon. And uh, we definitely need, uh, especially on the lower levels, we always talk about on the local levels to vote. That really could create that change, not just for the president. You know, you're mad at the president all the time. Vote for your councilman and your district and stuff like that so they could get the change and stuff. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yo, bro, man, much love. And you ain't got to know nobody to say, yo, we salute you. We giving you your flowers now. And um, the fans, make sure y'all give this man his flowers. And y'all protect this brother, all right? Because I know he's going to get the death threats. I know all that's going to happen. Protect his brother. Anytime he's in our neighborhoods, he can reach out to the culture wherever you live at, and we got him. Because I'm going to do Without no great risk, no great reward, and for something or your fault for anything, I'm Ali Cat. And I'm the infamous twin. My perception can change. Ra-ra. G the culture.